record on this computer. Okay, so I hit record and now mm -hmm. I will hit go live on the various places. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful Saturday here. Zoom is saying that it's going live, setting up your meeting for the custom streaming service. And now we should be, we should be there, we should be live soon. So, um, you know, welcome everyone while I, while I check if we're live or not. Yes, we are. And uh, uh, so welcome, Michael. Welcome, Tushar. Um, we are the SAS Clubhouse group on Telegram. We're building a SAS country club virtually. One day we will also build probably a, a country club in person where we can hang out and buy a pool and uh, raise, some an raise some animals and uh, play some tennis. <laughs> I, I like your ideas on Saturday morning. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah so uh you know we've been meeting on clubhouse in the last couple of months and we just i think we're making really cool friendships and we've been sharing a lot about our SaaS and you know how we can grow more and do more and then it just came natural to start this series of podcasts and and uh, videos and this time we're also trying live streaming um and uh we were asking in the, our community who had some cool story and Tusha has a super cool story, which I can't wait to hear. Yeah, Numbers going up and down and we're like, how did that happen? It's uh, so crazy. <laughs> so I'll let you guys introduce yourself first. Maybe we'll have Tusha go first and then Michael and then myself. Uh, so welcome so, Tusha, tell, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Tusha. I am the CEO of Status Brew. Status Brew is a social media management platform. So we are in the business for 10 years. We are a SaaS product um, and uh, a bit about my background. So I started building status in 2011, after, just after my graduation. And I had a lot of free time and the things didn't evolve naturally to social media management. So we did a product before that. Uh, which was around social media, but in the B2C space. And I'll talk more about the story in some time. And then in 2019, we completely pivoted to a different model and only serving um, the B2B customers. And today um, I, we are a platform that's one of, one of the most, uh, I, I should not say from my, my mouth, like we are one of the fast growing platforms. And in one year we, uh, we reached to, uh, I, I'll just, to, I'll say it, like we reached more than a million in, in just one year. And then uh, uh, I'll just share some of the things that I learned and then, you know, all, this, all the backend stories that goes behind it. Perfect. Great. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, impressive. Looking forward to, to this conversation. My name is Michael. Um, yeah, together with Wins, we started this uh, journey on, on Clubhouse uh, a couple of weeks, months ago. And yeah, as Wins said, uh, it became like the, the next step, right? Uh, we have a community um, of uh, 500 people on Telegram. Um, we have this uh, Clubhouse channel and we decided to start interviewing some of these very, very interesting stories and, and founders that we have uh, on the community. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to start uh, today. It's actually the, the second podcast today, but uh, the first with uh, 
with one of these interesting founders. So I'm looking forward to the next 30 minutes or so. Yeah, and hey everyone, I'm Vincenzo Belpiede and uh, I'm working on different SaaS like sharedocview.com that helps you share PDFs with links. So you know exactly like who opened them, when, for how long you can remove access, add your branding, get email leads and whatnot. So stop sending attachments, use solutions like ours. Uh, and then of calendbook.com, which is basically um, um, a competitor of Calendly. We're innovating by trying to re remove clicks uh, it's basically half price right now of, of uh, Calendly. And we're also uh, adding an affiliate program so that when you share your links, you're making money with us. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely in love with SaaS in love with our community. You know, it's been like, especially like I said, with this kind of boring lockdown, it's been a way to just grow the network and find new friends. You know, I think especially with people like you, Michael and Almas, yeah. and I'm sure now to share as well. I'm just feeling yeah. this really nice friendships that are happening online. Uh, there was a big discussion where my university, which is from Milano, the northern part of Italy, was talking in a really bad way about southern Italy, where I'm originally from, uh, saying that we came here back just sleeping for working <laughs> from northern Italian companies. So I'm kind of pissed about that. But I just think that, you know, this is like so old school. The world is one place. Tushar, you're like an Indian guy who's, I guess, lived in Japan. And I'm a Ital southern Italian guy who's lived in nine countries. And you know, Michael goes a lot to Ukraine. We're, we're, I don't even see us as like people from different places. We're just people and we're just SaaS people and we just want to talk fun things and, you know, get users, make money, grow, but also to do cool stuff, you know. And it, I just love that general positivity that we have in the group, um, that everybody wants to help each other and move forward together. Uh, and I think that's really important to share because for me, it's very touching. For me, it's really something yeah. that that's, that's what keeps me going. That's what makes me want to do these calls, want to do more of this. Um, because it, it, I truly have been finding a lot of happiness. And luckily, it's not a, I'm not reading a script. I'm talking from my heart. Luckily, we're, as Italians, <laughs> we supposedly have a big heart and a big mouth as well. But, you know, I just wanted to set the stage for like why this is so important to me. And uh, I mean, yeah, tell us like about your story, like, you know, about your product, you know, how it started, the issues that, you know, because it's a pretty amazing story also with the, with the, with the numbers, right? So yeah. uh, let's go, let's so, jump right in. Got it. So I, we started in 2011. So the pretty, initial idea was pretty stupid if I call it in retrospect. So we, I had free time on my hand and then one weekend I just thought like, you know, let's build something because I had an engineering background. And I built a small application just out of curiosity because it's a small event that made me have build that application. And even prior to that, I was very active on Twitter. So I was using Twitter since 2008. And in 2011, I built a small application called Unfollowers, which is like, you know, the name sounds pretty much what we do, like track that thing. Um, but later, you know, when you have something and then I, the whole idea was like, ah, let's put on the internet, see if it works. Like, and to my surprise, a lot of, I mean, if I did my research and find out like if the other application doing the same, I would not be here. So I didn't do my research, I just built it, I put it on the internet. And then I quickly realized that ah, a lot of people are using it. Then the only people I did initial um, market was like, you know, go on Twitter and tell like, ah, I have built some application if that's useful, like, you know. What was the application doing exactly? So it was tracking unfollowers. That's it. Just your one day that's project. That's a big deal, right? Because it's like, oh, Michael, why did you unfollow me? Right? You don't like yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So it's 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 that thing, and it happens to me. I had a similar question, and I thought like, ah, oh, you know, ah, oh, this this 
this i didn't realize that one of my boss and followed me from one of the um, uh, <laughs> uh, previous company that i worked for and then i said like, oh, let's build it like, like let's do something like around it and it's a fun project i was not thinking of building a company mm-hmm. or like to mm-hmm. to start up or anything i just like you know there is a small product there is and so where, where where did you take that in terms of users or mrr if you can share yeah. you know yeah sure so So the initial idea is one day but then again after i still was doing the job and after one year like you know it grew crazily i did a lot of growth thank because we were built on twitter and this is one of the things i told to a lot of people like if you can nurture one network if you have one marketing mm-hmm. um 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 channel and if you can nurture it like you know right that way and and we were on twitter and we used twitter to write our way and in one year like we grew from like you know almost like a um maybe in the first month we had 2000 users by end of that month we were around like 200000 users when over then year one year 200000 users and they were all free users like you know i mean who want to pay for something like this you know but that start to you know once you are into that then you start to generate ideas and the idea evolves into something else so that's where things started to come into picture like now i am in a space which is build which which is let's say social network as a premise and now people are telling me you know i i want them something like i want people to detect who spams is who the bots are like then we kind of do things around that mm-hmm. and once we start building things around that then we start to tell yeah there is something to be monetized like you know i do uh, am burning a lot of my compute power on nonsensical things let's do something and start paying <laughs> charging users so 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 initial plan was like you know to charge 20 dollars a year which we did and uh, we did get a lot of subscription enough to raise you know 3000 dollars a month which was not too bad like you know just a side project i didn't even devoted like a, a fraction of my time to it and it's generating a, a decent revenue i am talking about 2012 and then now like one time subscription sucks because you know you you, mm-hmm. you once people pay for it like they they're going to forget it and now you integrate you know at that time only like think simple things like paypal you know which is like one day job like you know just pay money and then it would just be be on your this type for one year and then i stumble upon sas which it took me a bit one more year to stumble upon that because i never would have imagined in my life that people and would that was in, 2013 13 yes Then I come upon stars. I felt like oh, these are companies who are charging some money on a monthly basis, and I felt like, oh, it would be cool to even like you know have twenty dollars a year, but it should be at least recur. So I don't mm-hmm. have to tell them to you know renew or send any emails. Mm-hmm. So this is a couple of things we focused on. We focus on intense. Amazing. Yeah, we focus on intense notifications. Like you know, we knew that one of the things about unfollows and maybe like. And by 2013, we were not unfollowers. We were a platform for Twitter management solutions. Like you mm-hmm. know, just make sure you have a decent. You understand your Twitter audience. Like we'll give some deep analytics, find spam, bot, remove them. Like do a lot of that. I mean, I would say crappy stuff. <laughs> I, I'll tell you about the crappy stuff. Like how we get into trouble at some point in, in, in a few minutes. <laughs> so, so we did that and. Um, the uh, in 2013 with the premium model we just like you know oh, it's $20 but now you have to pay yearly that's it and we're going to auto recur it and at some point like as we built now we were at, i was at a point i we were generating like 10000 in mrr and in, in in maybe like you know early 2013 and now 10000 is how like much did you say in mrr 10000 10000 yes 
And we thought like, ah, oh, 10,000 is not bad to quit everything that I'm doing. And this is what I did. <laughs> so the moment I, so one of the insecurities being very conservative is like, you know, is it sustainable? And mm-hmm. the answer was no, in my mind, always no. <laughs> so, 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 but then again, I did thought like, you know, it's still a good run if you, if you really focus on it and keep in mind when I'm saying like crappy and stuff, there was always ethical framework that I had, like, you know, this is bad and this is not bad. So we kind of like switched the battle, you know, we want to do, I mean, at least I want to build things which are good, which I feel proud of. And this is what I did once I joined full time. I mean, give all of my time in it. And this is how we start to grow. Now I focus on all the growth hacking things that I can think of, like, because we were on Twitter, we would compile, you know, all the cool analytics of like, you know, this is how you look like, do you want to share with your audience? Uh, this is what you happen to want to auto share every week. So these things would, and then we would brand watermark with every tweet with our label, like, you know, these stats has been shared, why? And follows something like that. And you can imagine the virality built in that system now. Because it's amazing, quickly, right? I mean, you you started this as a side project because actually Hmm. your your ex boss unfollowed you and they were like, okay, wouldn't it be cool to to have such a tool? And then you you get from there, right? You build stuff around it and then you started, I mean, without even charging it in the beginning, right? And then you started charging it on a like a um, one time basis and then and then monthly. It's amazing, great. I love it. So, so, I, I, so one of the things, I, if I look back in retrospect, I think things do evolve. So you don't need to have, the, like people always talk when these days, like you have to have a super great idea to start with. But mm-hmm. in my mind, like, you know, I just like, uh, I have to do something like, you know, I'm free for one weekend, I do something and mm-hmm. I, let's share with the world. <laughs> and that's how it evolved. And once you're into the space, now that think about when you have a lot of users, not all users are checking are there for that. Some are real businesses who really wants to maintain the presence on the network. And one of their side hustle is like, make sure the brand looks presentable. Like they don't follow too many people. If they do, yeah. they're gonna like do some of the activities to make sure they, the brand doesn't look spammy and they start to adapt a platform. So once they start to adapt the platform, then you can learn more from them. And this is what we did. Take all the feedback. So the, the, there are a couple of things that, uh, again, I have to f- fast forward some point later and come back to the same story again. There are a couple of things we, we did. We understand like this is a value and this is like just a utility on top of it, which is non-sustainable. And we were trying to balance at that point because now we're trying to have resources to execute mm-hmm. ideas and maybe invest more in the platform. And one of the things I made a big mistake at that time is not hire people early enough. So I hired the first person late 2014, a number of 2014. And if you think about it, that's- What was it? What what, what kind of um, profile was it? Uh, A designer. Designer, okay, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, one of the biggest slow, point for me is I have no sense of design. Even if I have sense of design, I have no one to execute. And I used to hire all these freelancers all the time. And the problem with freelancers is you get uneven quality. Mm-hmm. And also you don't really have a commitment for from them. You you can you can, however, but like it's just too hard to just you know dance around with them and just not worth the time if you think you you can do something better. So we hired the first as a designer and then 
and and that that made a lot of difference because now we had a designer now we next evolution should be like yeah, let's have a mobile application mm-hmm. because what's better to ride on the ecosystem of mobile of because mo- mm-hmm. mobile mobile has been growing steadily over over like you know since 2011 2014 and the, the day we launched mobile uh, uh, we started with android not iphone because at that point you know uh, iphone i mean I, I believe just a natural evolution. I was using Android and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And our Android user and Android app was the most downloaded app in social media in a lot of countries almost every month. Wow. So, so now think about in 2014, I'll share screenshot. Maybe you can add sometime later. We were getting 1 million views on our landing page and Android page. And we were adding 40,000 users per day. And, and keep in mind, it's a freemium model. It's a freemium Crazy. model. Wow. So if they, pay, if they pay me, like I would be super rich, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and I didn't even knew how to convert those people. Mm-hmm. Of course, they, a lot of these people would be, you know, young people who are just like, you know. And, but these young people were very good for us because they did the market for us. Mm-hmm. These are the people that have the high willingness to share something. And because they're sharing our brand on their profile, clicking their stats, we get more reach. So this is one of the equations that we were not able to monetize it, but we can figure it out which one, how to how to maybe get more reach and maybe like get the right people to monetize it. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, go ahead. When we, when we talk about, you know, this, this special year for you, 2019, because I mean, you had this growth, you were adding a lot of, a lot of people and then something happened in 2019 and i would like yeah. to go a bit more into detail and um, can you please yeah. tell the audience what happened in, yeah. in that particular year so so from 2014 to 2019 we were one of the top consumer applications on twitter or other networks that we supported so that means we were burning a lot of their APIs, like eventually costing them a lot of money for these social networks. And we were on the watch list all the time because now think about it, like, you know, we are uh, we are hitting the API since like hundreds of millions every every yeah. day. And it's they they they're gonna they're gonna figure out, you know, ah, they're not gonna drive any money from us. And uh, we don't play well with their ecosystem. And then this, this information, we did have a prior experience with them, the, how they interfere with some of the things. And this is why, you know, we, we, we started to neutralize some of the things that were considered like not good for even them. And we realized, you know, where we should go ahead. And we were in the back of that time building a B2B product, which was not there in the market, but like the, 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 the idea was there, like, you know, this product is on the decline based on the limitations that the social networks were imposing on us. So in 2019, they cut off our API, which was- Within the, what time frame was it? Did they give you a notice or- No, no on, well, I, I, I slept, I woke up, no API. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and now it was such, dark period of my life it i mean 
I mean, I still have nightmares <laughs> waking up around around that. And, and did that. they cut it just to you or to all of the developers? There, there was only three applications they cut. And we, I mean, all of the application was like, you know, same consumer driven, one of mm -hmm. the high, um, high activities application with like millions of users, all these applications. So what did you, what did you do when, when you, when you woke up and, and, and heard that? What was your, like, how did your first 24 hours look like after that horrible message? Whoa. Yeah, it's, wow, I cannot believe like you know so so first thing you have to know like by that time we are around 30 people team <laughs> so we have to go i have to show up and you tell her like what happened like what we're gonna do what is the next plan for us so the, the if i get shocked you know everyone would be like super shocked <laughs> how many people did you have what, what what was the team size at that at that moment around 30 people wow so at that time i had to wake up shop at the office and like you know think about like what is the most logical step to do now and based on the message that we received they clearly stated that we would not give you back your access and you can apply for new applications but you have to make sure the things and violation should not be uh, should, should be removed from your application before even applying so we went on the process to apply new application and now we we had to like we were forced to completely remove that part of the application so that means now effectively we have no revenue because as p2p product was still very immature like we we might have like maybe like you know four or five thousand dollars in revenue from that product but like for most of our product was revenue driven was from from the from the era of the product that we built before that mm -hmm. So now we, 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 now we are in existential crisis. Now we don't know what to do. We don't have a product market fit yet. And um, if I look about in the market, there are a lot of players that we do have already done that for like a decade, let's say. So now we have competitors who have their product in the market in the same space that we were trying to uh, try to go in and they are there for decades. Now, now, the, now, now this is where uh, now we had to completely overnight quiz, change the company structure from a B2C company to a B2B company. So one of the things in B2C is you get a lot of support. So in B2B, you don't get like, you know, that amount of support. And then um, now we have to invest the support into customer success because now you have to make sure the product you're selling customer understands it, customer, you, you have to guide them through and maybe you know show them that maybe the value that they want to see. So now the DNA would change, but at that time around to like early, like, you know, the, the month that uh, we, we had the hit, the blackout, we didn't realize how to adapt for it. But then again, you know, things start to evolve and we start to like, we, we started to grow more confidence in a way because we knew mm -hmm. that like, you know, first this would happen at some day anyways. And the second, that product is consuming all the bandwidth of our company. Because all through last, even before the blackout in last couple of years, we were always burning out fires. Like there were this operations, like then the Twitter changed the API limit from like, you know, some unlimited to 100,000. And like, you know, we would just hit them in like one hour. <laughs> so it's, it's not even sustainable now. Mm -hmm. So now our goal was to, you know, 
okay, we understand what happened. Let's 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 come down to what we can do and play, build down a plan for that. So I wrote down a strategy which I can share in this, and I think that worked out really well for us. So think about it. Now we have don't have a product market fit. We don't have the exact features that the enterprise like or even the B2B customers need. But now people expect them from us because if they have to choose us versus our competitors, they want to have these features at the bare minimum yeah. because we can't underserve them in, in terms and still compete with the com competitor. So here's what we did. And I think it's a, it was fair in the retrospect. Okay, we had two plans. One was the things we have, another was the enterprise plan, okay? Everything we didn't have, we put out like, you know, a time, how much time it would take for us to build that feature. Is it three days, seven days? And then we built out a complete list, all of the features that people expect from our experience interacting with the people during that time. Mm -hmm. Now we said, ah, we have these features, but there is a time period where we can provide you these features. Mm -hmm. So we put all the features that people, we know people would ask us and we have to build at some point to even compete in the market. And we put out under the request demo or like, you know, contact us area yeah. of the website and then ask them, you know, talk to us and we would guide you through that. And this is now we had, now the first 50 customers, we got it through this. Like we had a customer that say like, oh, I want something like this and I want these kind of feature. And they're like, okay, we'll give you, and it will take like three weeks. You can, st I will start to roll out uh, the POC in during that time. And once you think it's useful, we'll add that features right back in to the suit. So with no features, almost no MVP in the market. Now we start to get one customer and start to build our feature sets through that. Six months down the line, we were on par with the feature set of the customers, of the competitors. And I'm not putting competitors like, you know, as a benchmark of what we wanted to do. That was not the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal was we already knew kind of things for and where we have to go. the competitors you were looking at? Um, it's a good question. If I, in all transparency, the only competitor we, we looked at was Sprout Social. Mm -hmm. I think they were a fantastic company and we really admire them. And they had like, you know, a good market cap compared to all, any other. Like the other was Hootsuite, but like Sprout Social can like, you know, all, almost on the same lines. And um, yeah, so that, and, and, and truth be told, not only Sprout Social, like we also looked at the enterprise spaces like Sprinkler. So, so now we have like two competitors and we know like, you know, this is, a competitor who works like who is the gold standard in B2B and this is the competitor who's the gold standard in enterprise and there is a dichotomy between the two. So we know like there are things the Sprout Social doesn't do but Splinker does but there is no, no alternative in the B2C space. No one wants to shell a hundred thousand dollars for like you know a couple of things that are out of that, that Sprout doesn't do maybe. Right. So this is where we start to grab this information which I come back to like how we start to process it. So I, I had this, I, I read one of the book called Ogilvy on Advertisement, which I think is one of the best books in, mm -hmm. in, in, our, in our field. Um, uh, and there are three phrases that they lined out that I could not, that, that's like, you know, never discussed in the same context. And it is marketing, advertisement, and psychology. We would have a lot of meetings, we would never discuss in the same context. And that's one of the books that discuss that things. And that has a big impact on me because they, one of the things they said was, 
um, first you should know your compare customers, which is pretty obvious. Everyone says that, but no one says that you should know your customers' customers. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of day, you have to understand what is your customers' pain point. How what are like at least for us being in the social space, the customers have to sell to their customers or present their brand for like different activities that do. So we had to understand their customers' customers. Yeah. And, and now this is the things that we translated to our team. Like, you know, okay, make sure you don't pick all the industry in the world, pick the industry that you want to focus on. And for that, we focus mostly on e-commerce at that time. Mm-hmm. Pick up the industry that you understand the most today and you see a viable market for us for a few years. This is the way we grew from, from zero to one in just one year. We picked up one industry make sure we are not building a generalized solution like all there in the market. So we build things for e-commerce, understanding what they are facing when they're dealing with let, their let customers. Let me ask you, because we're going through a similar process, how did you choose that industry? Did you go through a list? Did you do some market analysis? Was it based on your knowledge? Yeah, so there are a couple of instances for it. So one of the things that are pretty obvious was we were writing out generalized content. And one of those uh, content marketing efforts uh, we we started to get inbounds from that, and I thought like you know mm-hmm. we're getting maybe like uh, twenty inbounds a week, which is not bad. If we work hard, we might be able to scale it to hundred. But like let let's focus on something that we know people are coming us, people are right. coming to our platform. So and, you already had this information at that yeah. point. Yeah, and I, I I think still I mean you don't you can do some basic customer competitor analysis and figure out like. The, what are your competitors' biggest market? So for us, a couple of things were pretty straightforward. One was the agencies, another was like other verticals. Mm-hmm. So the problem with agencies was everyone was talking about agencies. Everyone says like, you know, oh, who's your customer? Oh, we cater to agencies. And I thought like, okay, if everyone caters to agencies, that means no one is, uh, then it, either it's a very, very competitive space already. Mm-hmm. And any competitive space we don't want to go into today because again, it's better to solve for one niche than to solve for like general general everything because you then get when you you won't be recognized as anything. So we started to focus on one niche, and I I think we did do when I mean, it even took a long time like maybe like one month and like to really focus like ah oh, this is what we're gonna do yeah we're already getting customers and you know the blue ocean strategy like once you. Once you're in the ocean, like you can see the ocean, expand to the ocean and better not to go into red ocean where you have to compete for your space there. Mm-hmm. So we started like, you know, let's, let's figure out if there might be more market that we don't even know. And given the fact that e-commerce was growing, Shopify was growing, and we can see that Facebook and Instagram and other platforms are already rolling out their shopping platforms. We knew that this is a growing market in the same way, like, you know, even during the beauty space, we knew the social networks was growing. That's why we grew. Because in 2011, social networks was merely like, you know, 100 billion tops include all the social networks. But now it's like, you know, a couple of maybe one and a half trillion or maybe more than that. So, so we knew this was a space that we ride at the first with the, with the wave of the social networks. And now in later, we knew that, you know, this is a growing market. People are making a lot of efforts. E-commerce is spreading out to various countries and very niche countries. Like, you know, I know even in India, there's a lot of e-commerce shops opening up in Shopify and Shopify is the dominant platform anyway. So that's kind of give you like, you know, betting like what to bet on. And I thought it bet worked really well for us. Did you, know, you have this? 
So, yes, yeah, sir. No, no, I was going to say niche countries, niche, like even the guy down the door. So everyone is opening an e-commerce, definitely like super growing. Yeah. COVID. yeah. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, my, my question was more towards, I mean, as far as I understand, you had this ideas and intentions even before 2019, right? You saw that, okay, yeah. that we get these e-commerce leads, there, there might be something. Um, what was the reason before 2019 why you didn't go into it? Was it because it was just, you know, the B2C market, like was just yeah. easier to generate leads yeah. or what was the reason? Yeah, that, that, it's a very good question. And first, I, let's talk, let, I'll just uh, uh, through the journey of 2016, 2019. 2016, where we rebranded to Status with the hope that we would start to expand our suite more than the uh, community management part. Mm -hmm. So in 2019, we rebranded to Status Brief from unfollows. And then one of the things we added was publishing. Now, we thought publishing was would be a natural extension of the product. And like, you know, a lot of people who might be on social would also adapt our publishing too, but we failed to recognize that the players already exist in the market and it was very hard for us to disrupt them. So we carried out a publishing operation for a couple of years and we were not able to even attract sizable of customers to you know better better future on it. Now, with, with, however, however, because we had publishing suit, now we can extend naturally into other social media management stuff. So that did play out well, but we were never able to market our publishing tool as a standalone for people to use it. Because I mean, everyone knows about Buffer, right? And Buffer is like the go-to product. Like whenever people think of publishing, they choose Buffer. And it's very rare. And, 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 and the second point is barrier to enter publishing is pretty low. Anyone can build a scheduler and then, you know, call mm -hmm. themselves a publishing yes. tool. Yes. So the, the, this, was the, this was one of the decisions that didn't work out well for us. And we were trying out in, uh, to um, become a bigger play than that. And from 2016, 2019, we were trying out uh, these activities. When I say at that point, we didn't have any MVP. It's for the reason, like you have a lot of customers, any mm -hmm. small features you add would add, would either you have to be, you know, very careful on your pricing, but you can have like, you know, a $10 plan and $500 plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we always were in dichotomy, like, you know, we didn't, we're not selling, we're only selling this plan, no matter what, how much features we add. So the features were not quantified. Maybe we didn't do a better job of quantifying them in terms of value. And this small thing that we were building was always getting more revenue. So I wanted to ask a bunch of like quick questions, which maybe I should have asked at the beginning, but I mean, we're, we're learning. Maybe it's also good to say like, stick to the end to know, like, and, and you can, you know, you can answer or you can say, skip to next question, you know, kind of, I want to understand like, sure. where are you at in terms of users right now? Number so we have around eight, uh, right now we have around 800 businesses. So those are customers, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, now it's for all customers. Customers. And what about users? Like people signed up, you know? Yeah, so I mean, I didn't separate it out, but if I have to say like, you know, the, the, the code base almost is the same. So we had around like 18 million emails in our database. Uh, that's amazing. So, and then employees, how many are you or just collaborate? At, at the moment we have 11 and we just grew from five to 11 in, in one year. Nice, nice, nice. And uh, I guess you've never done any fundraising or investor no, stuff. No, no, no. We are, we, we are like hardcore bootstrappers. I kind of love that feeling. You know, I kind of like love that. Yeah. 
And then uh, kind of uh, you are right now in India, but I guess you also spend time in Japan, if I remember. Yeah, Japan is one of the biggest market. I spent some amount of time living in Japan, understanding Japan, and we are going to expand more time and resources in Japan. I can touch some of the things that of my learning in Japan. If, if there is one thing I want to ask from here, I really want to become your friend, is that I was in Japan once in 2008 while I was working in Nokia in China, in Beijing. Hmm. And I was there, and I was there 10 days and I fell in love with Japan. And there's yeah. definitely a market that when COVID is over, I would like to just go there, spend a few weeks, months, and, and just yeah. try to push our SaaS in there, even just to like totally like, you know, put myself in another culture and market and think differently, right? Yeah. So I'm definitely yeah. Japan, J- yeah, definitely. I would, I mean, I usually talk with a lot of people and the general uh, narrative outside of Japan, people entering Japan is like, Japan is very hard market to crack. I don't think so. The only, only difference is like you need to invest more in some other stuff that you do in the rest of the country. So one of the things that we do a lot in Japan is education. Mm-hmm. And because it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like, you know, think about like English. Like English is the language of the internet. So everything, every documentation, every small details would be for us in English. And there would be someone who has to bring that knowledge to the non-English countries. And we decided like, you know, oh, we're going to invest a lot in that. And knowing that we did, we Uh, that's how we developed a brand. And now our, our social media blog is one of the most, I mean, I cannot compare because we don't never have numbers for it. Like it's quite famous in Japan. Awesome. And then uh, I wanted to ask you, what about like, are you doing an affiliate program or no? I, for, I think I asked you this. Uh, no, we, we did partnerships um, on a revenue share model. So we don't do affiliates at the moment and we tried it out and i thought like it's too too hassle because if you i have some learnings because it's uh, the, the you need to onboard the right set of customers for otherwise customer will leave and if they would get you know angry like you know well, i'm not generating anything from you so the partnership model worked well for us and we do invest a lot in that at the moment And actually, yeah, if I guess we should uh, share a deal, you know, if you can make like a kind of a discount code or a deal with the, with our SaaS community first, because sure. I, you know, uh, it's just really great if we keep trying and uh, mm-hmm. our products and giving each other feedback and so on. You don't have to give us the coupon code now, but uh, later you'll send it on the, on the Telegram group. And anybody who's listening right now, you can join the Telegram group at t.me slash SaaS clubhouse. And yeah, Michael, go ahead. Maybe you want, you have something to ask. And then I wanted to end on kind of like your future plans. That would be my last question. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Michael, go ahead. Yeah, so generally, I mean, the, we could talk forever, right? I mean, the, the story you went through in like in the last two years, but then also the time before, it's amazing. And I feel like I'm talking to like 10 different founders, right? Because you went through so much um it's just awesome and and it's kind of a, a blueprint right um a lot of stories that you have are actually like you take it as a blueprint how you should do it right how you should start something as a side project then go into monetizing it add new features and of course the, the pivot that you did in 2019 of course it was forced um yeah i guess you you didn't you wouldn't went through such a hard pivot um if not forced But, but still, like what you did after that, how you turned the wheels, and that's not, that's, that's very difficult, right? And I mean, that's awesome. And, and I think 
there's a lot of things we could go into detail in like one of the next podcasts, like into how to pivot or how to, how to, how to grow, etc. So that's awesome. That's just um, my little summary um, about the conversation. Yeah, th thanks, Michael. And yeah, I mean, I would love to share more. I mean, of course, we are also making a lot of mistakes. Not to that, not to say that everything we did was worked out. <laughs> so I, I think it's good to also highlight mistakes, <laughs> and because mistakes is how you learn. And definitely. Actually, I had one question before, like uh, before I then I ask you roadmap, and then we can end. We were supposed to end at thirty minutes. I think we we're like at thirty-seven, but I, I think it's all good. You know, I didn't want to just shut it down because it was so interesting for me. Um, uh, did you, for instance, with Twitter, did you visit the Twitter headquarters there in Market Street? Did you have connections there? Is that something we're doing or you were trying to stay away from that world? So we do. So when you, I mean, because we lived so for like, it's like, you know, you have to work with them closely at some point. We do have connections with their developer relations. And whenever we have issues, like we do give them feedback and they, they are very open to that. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, I love Twitter. To be honest, I love their team, and I, I mean, they, whatever they put us through, I think it's worth it. Given that we we did come out <laughs> strong, and also made us realize, you know, some of the things that we took, and and you have to also realize that social network under a lot of scrutiny for like you know for so many years now, and they have to also act on those. So not, nothing mm -hmm. to take away from them, like you know, it's all their business as well. And now the only thing we think of, like we have to align our business with them because if we don't do that, then you know there is no we would get into that again. So everything we do is making sure we align with them, maybe talk with mm -hmm. them if there's something we need to discuss and that's an ongoing process we always do. That's awesome. And so then like, you know, future plans, roadmap, whatever you wanna call it, what's what's out there for you? Yeah, so, so usually at the moment we are focusing on e-commerce and the couple of things, I don't make a lot of roadmaps because I remember, I know from my, from my experience, everything I made fail if I made like six months plan. <laughs> so I usually, I work in one month plan and one month plan is usually better because the, more, the amount of knowledge you have today is, it's like, it's the, you cannot have more knowledge uh, in the past than today. Okay. And, you know, so you can make better decisions today, but you do have like, you know, kind of things where you want to do. I have that in my mind always, but then, you know, it's always like, but we have to go here. So at least what I do, you know, uh, is that I try to list as many of the ideas as possible. I try mm -hmm. to put them on a Trello, on a Google mm -hmm. sheet, also with uh, giving them scores for four mm -hmm. different dimensions. The dimensions are consumer benefit, uh, our monetization, uh, technical feasibility, and K factor, you know, how much yeah. that feature can help us yeah. grow. I give them scores yeah. one to five, and then I rank them. Yeah. Number three, I even write them on these little pieces of paper and then I put them on a board. Sometimes I even do a Google slide because I'm trying to like review these ideas all the time over and over. So while I do agree yeah. that you have, I, we actually keep the focus on the week, what we're doing this week, because that's what matters. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't even do the monthly plans, but then I, I do like either weekly plans or like all the way out to the infinite. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. what from the infinite needs to come to this week or next yeah. or, you know, yeah. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, constantly prioritize. So I, I just wanted to share that not because I think it's the best practice, but because mainly I'm a product guy. That's what I do. And I wonder what you guys think about that. Yeah. So yeah, I can go uh, first. So exactly something similar we do, all the things we do, because we are at the moment profitable. So that means we don't have any burden to, and, and this was not the case one year 
like a lot like we were under like constant stress and like unrev was only like 12 months so we had to first reach profitability which we did and after profitability it was all about leverage like what is the thing we can do today which gives us the most amount of leverage and all our work all our marketing effort all our engineering effort is for the long term now because the moment we have more leverage we can capitalize at some point in the future yeah, i mean i mean Go ahead, Michael, because then I only have closing statements. I'm done. Oh. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's completely right, right? I mean, we, we do all this, like we have to do like this six, 12-month plan, 24-month uh, plan. I mean, investors love it. <laughs> But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we're changing our roadmap constantly. Like I'm having calls with, with our product guys Uh, at least two or three times a week. And of course, we're not changing it all the time. And also a lot of our features in our case, um, it, it's a lot, of, uh, a lot of time that you invest. So you work like for a month or two on, on, on a particular feature. So it's not that easy in our case. But still, I think what, what, what you guys said, it's, it's so important that, I mean, yeah, today you definitely have more information than, than yesterday. So something you decided yesterday uh, can become like obsolete already today because you, uh, but at the same time, you have to be, be careful, I think, right? You don't want to go forth and back and left and right all the time because it annoys the people around you sometimes. But uh, yeah, fully agree on that. Um, okay, so again, this was like super awesome. Definitely like lots of insights. Uh, I think I'm going to go try to go out again to absorb more of this. But I just wanted to remind kind of everyone about our SaaS group. You know, uh, you can find us on the Telegram group at t.me slash SaaS Clubhouse. And like the things that we started, why did we start it? We were just like networking on Clubhouse, you know, and then now we're kind of sharing insights. We were trying to share a lot of insights on Clubhouse and now we're doing it also here. Maybe in the next episodes, we'll, uh, we'll have Almas from spatial.chat, which is basically a better way to do Zoom breakout rooms. Um, and, uh, you know, I definitely, Tushar, definitely reach out to you because there's things we could do in terms of cross-promoting each other with uh, one, of the, one yeah. of the SaaS that we have. And because that's another objective that we should all push each other, you know, especially as like bootstrap founders, it's a lot easier to just like, yeah, yeah. let's cross-promote each other. We don't have any kind of yeah. investors to ask that to. And, you know, maybe even that make deals. So if you uh, kind of um, either for this cross promotions or offer deals in our community, because I, I started using your solution. I really like it. As I told you before we went live, I'm, I'm going to I'm taking a lot of time to do the proper analysis before I give you like more, more feedback. But I really look forward for that. And we've been able to find some talent. So we found a new advisor uh, through our group. Uh, and uh, I'm sure like more and more people can, can find this and it's super organic. There's no big corporation behind. It's just us, it's just people like us. So definitely welcome everyone to join, but yeah, nothing else on my side. Thank you guys so much. I don't know if you have any, uh, thank anything. you so much. It was a yep. pleasure. Thank you so much. And yeah, we, I mean, I enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to talking to you guys again and, and offline as well. Awesome. Thank awesome. <laughs> okay. Try out statusbrew.com. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Guys, have a lovely weekend. Hey, you too, guys. guys. You Thank too. You. It was great. We'll, we'll be in touch, okay? Pleasure yeah. as always. Have Thanks a good one. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.